Hey everyone, today's show is sponsored by Schaefer CPA PC, a firm that specializes in GAAP accounting and SEC reporting for companies of all sizes. Look, the FASB has been pretty busy lately, and as you'll hear in a minute on this podcast, the standard setters have revolutionized how companies will account for leases. And while these are ultimately good changes to U.S. GAAP, Unfortunately, many accounting departments are already stretched really thin and simply do not have the in-house resources needed to interpret and or implement these changes. Well, that's where my firm, Schaefer CPA, comes in. Our team can provide as much or as little help as you need in understanding, interpreting, and reporting on this and any other accounting standard. Give us a call today at area code 423-910-9438 or you can email us at info at schaefercpa.com and that is spelled I-N-F-O at S-H-A-F-E-R-C-P-A dot com. And now... On to the show. It's the Big CPA Show with your host, Sam Schaefer. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Big CPA Show. I am your host, the Big CPA himself, Sam Schaefer, and thank you for making this podcast a part of your day. Today's show will be the first of what I promise to be a series of podcasts focusing on one of the biggest accounting standards to hit the business world in quite some time, and that is the new lease accounting standard. In February of 2016, the FASB issued accounting standards update number 2016-02, which is appropriately titled Leases. This accounting standard will be codified as ASC 842, and it is a really big deal. I'm not exaggerating when I say that this is one of the biggest new accounting standards in recent memory, both literally and figuratively. I nearly destroyed my printer when I printed out all 485 pages of this behemoth. And I really think I strained my bicep muscle just carrying this thing from the printer to my office. It is only fitting, though, that this standard is so huge, considering that it is, in my opinion, the most important and far-reaching accounting standard issued in recent memory. Now, at this point, you might be saying, wait a minute, Sam, weren't we all just told that the humongous new revenue recognition standard was the most important accounting pronouncement of our lifetime? What makes the lease accounting standard so special? And while I would say that, yes, the revenue standard and all of its many updates is also incredibly important, I would argue that the new revenue recognition standard doesn't impact nearly as many companies as the lease accounting standard will. In fact, it's not even close. For starters, several categories of revenue are scoped out of the new revenue recognition standard, including insurance contracts, lessor income, and income from most financial instruments. 
So right away, there are whole industries, like the insurance industry, which simply won't be that impacted by the new revenue recognition standard. I suppose if an insurance company has non-insurance income, like, say, administrative services-only contracts, then in those cases, the revenue recognition standard would apply. But by and large, I don't think insurance companies are that concerned about the new revenue recognition standard. In addition, there are some industries that aren't necessarily scoped out of the new revenue standard, but at the same time won't have to change how they recognize revenue. The restaurant industry comes to mind, wherein a customer buys food, the restaurant gives the customer said food, and the transaction is complete. Yes, revenues from gift cards and franchise fees could change, but by and large, I'd say much of a restaurant's revenues will still be recognized the same way. But when it comes to the new lease accounting standard, every company, regardless of industry, will likely be affected by it and will be forced to make some pretty radical changes to its financial statements. I would dare say that over 99% of companies which issue GAAP or IFRS financial statements lease some type of asset, and it's easy to see why. Whether it's a building or a car or a copier or a laptop computer, leasing assets instead of outright buying them is a great way to gain access to those assets without exposing the entity to the full risks of ownership. Leasing assets is often part of being a prudent manager of company resources. What's problematic to standard setters isn't necessarily the act of leasing, but rather the accounting for it. Simply put, the current accounting for leases is pretty nonsensical and is the poster child for what is wrong with the bright lines approach to accounting that the FASB has been obsessed with for quite some time. Today, under U.S. GAAP, there are two different types of leases. One kind of lease is the dreaded capital lease, which most controllers and CFOs desperately try to avoid. A capital lease is a lease which meets any one of the four criteria outlined in ASC 840-10-25-1. And now I won't spend time going over those four tests since most of you had to memorize them for the CPA exam or studied them in intermediate accounting, but many companies over the years have bent over backwards to make sure that lease agreements do not have any of those four criteria that would trigger capital lease treatment. And the reason is simple. Capital leases are treated as a purchase by the lessee, even though title doesn't actually transfer to the lessee. Therefore, leased assets must be capitalized and shown on the lessee's balance sheet as a fixed asset, which has the impact of reducing a company's return on assets. But it gets worse. Not only do lessees have to record a leased asset, but lessees also have to record the present value of the lease payments as debt. Part of this debt shows up as a long-term liability, whereas the remainder 
of the payments due within the next 12 months are reflected on the balance sheet as a current liability. This negatively impacts working capital in the business. And this, friends, is a big reason why companies desperately try to avoid capital leases. Fortunately for businesses, but unfortunately for users of financial statements, the FASB gave companies a way to avoid reflecting these debts on their balance sheets, and that is the operating lease designation. If a lease does not have any of the four capital lease criteria in ASC 840, then that lease gets called an operating lease and, most importantly, that lease stays off of the company's balance sheet. This means that even though the lease payments represent a real obligation to the lessee, those payments do not have to be reflected on the balance sheet of the lessee. Operating leases are the poster child for off-balance sheet transactions, which famously reared their ugly head during the Enron scandal. Much like with Enron, balance sheets of companies that have significant off-balance sheet transactions are not telling the entire story. Investors should be able to pick up a balance sheet and assess, within a few minutes, just what the company is on the hook for. But under current accounting rules, companies can hide legitimate amounts it contractually owes to others off of its balance sheet, thereby masking the company's true financial condition. Furthermore, under current rules, if a company barely passes the four criteria in ASC 840, that lease can stay completely off the balance sheet. So you are telling me that if a lease term covers 75% of the useful life of the asset, it's a capital lease, but if it only covers 74.9% of the asset's useful life, it's an operating lease? Does 0.1% really make that much of a difference? The lease is a legitimate obligation of the lessee, whether its term covers 75% or 5% or 1% of the asset's useful life, and thus should be reflected on the company's balance sheet. Fortunately, the FASB finally got around to fixing this problem. Under the new lease accounting standard, almost all leases must be reported on a company's balance sheet as both a right-of-use asset with a corresponding liability. Sounds pretty simple, right? Well, if it were that easy, the new standard wouldn't need to be 485 pages long, and you wouldn't need any more podcasts from me. Next time, we will dive deeper into lease accounting and discover why this area of gap will continue to remain complex for many years to come. If you have questions about lease accounting or any other accounting topic, or if you just have an idea for a future podcast, please tweet me at SchaeferCPA, that's spelled S-H-A-F-E-R-C-P-A, or you can email me at info at schaefercpa.com. Also, check out our firm on the web, 
at www.schafercpa.com. Thank you again for listening. The Big CPA Show's opening theme is TKO by American Viral. The closing theme is Let Me Go by The Wellspring. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and never miss an episode.